everybody, and welcome to Glowing Weak Point. I'm introducing it for once. My name is Wombat, and I'm here today with my co-host, as always, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan, introduce yourself. Hi. My name is apparently Jonathan, not just John. I'm John. Like the toilet. John Eel. <laughs> it's like Daniel, but, but John... Do you, how do you feel about people that go by Dan? Versus <laughs> I don't Daniel? feel. I don't feel anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, Dan's actually, just actually, weird to me. I'll say this: I feel like Daniel is the name a nerd goes by, and this is entirely because of Stargate SG One. Okay. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that's true. That's also my favorite character, Daniel. In the show. Oh, well, so first first two seasons, he is trash, and I hate him. But oh, he, yeah, he ends he, up evolving into one of the best characters in the show. Like, the, the problem honestly, is not Michael Shanks or Daniel as a character. The problem is how they write him, and how they write him is as a dickhead who excuses and ignores... Um, atrocities and, and and misdoings because uh, I don't want to interfere with their culture. It's like, dude, yeah. rape is bad. <laughs> He's also super fucking whiny, like, in the first few seasons. He still has some uh, it, good it really episodes, is... but... Yeah, one or two, but it, it really is not until after he uh, encounters the uh, the Ancients that he he becomes a good character yeah and then from then on like oh he's he's a great character teal's always kind of been my favorite teal is great i love seeing mike judge anywhere indeed (laughs) indeed i saw mike judge in oh it was an animated show was it animated it was partially animated it's this netflix you know we have to deconstruct the superhero genre thing again and mike judge plays the president and the the president's a dickhead named nicholas nukem and for the like two two minutes tops that that the president is on screen it's just amazing Mike Judge just puts his all into every character he ever plays. So, uh... Mike Judge... Is, is the guy the creator who... Creator of... of fam, uh, not Family Be- Guy, but uh, King of Beavis the Hill. and Butthead. And I'm thinking yes. of Christopher Judge. Christopher Judge is... Yeah. <laughs> you said Mike Judge so many times, I was like... Who the fuck is Mike Judge? <laughs> like, I legit just got their names confused. Is Mike Judge? It's Christopher yeah, King, Judge. King of the Hill. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, Mike Judge is also Judge. cool. Christopher Judge, also known as Kratos. Yeah. The, the, the newest voice actor for Kratos. Mm-hmm. Anyway, John, what's your glowing weak point? Oh, uh, my glowing weak point is that I'm done with Destiny for now. <laughs> uh, yeah? Uh, you're, uh, you're taking a break? Uh, I'm at least taking a week's break. Yeah? Uh, you put too much time this, into it? 
the the last month or two has been all working towards the day one raid and um and like the last two weeks especially have been sleepless and uh i haven't managed to get a lot done in my personal life like feel like i'm surrounded by filth and uh i haven't accomplished anything uh but it was all in pursuit of one thing and now that that thing has happened i can go do other things now you can play <laughs> elden ring i no that there's no way in hell i'm gonna play a shitty <laughs> dark souls game um <laughs> especially one that doesn't seem to have any direction uh what, what i've been seeing is that it's like it's it's the best version of an open world yeah i've i've seen stuff about that as well although like even still like with open worlds it's good to have something to do yeah like that's that's one of the good things about um one of the few good things about Breath of the Wild is that, like, you're dumped into Breath of the Wild, and you can go anywhere, and you can do anything. You can turn around and beat the final boss, but, like, it tells you, hey, you should go to this place so you can do this dungeon thing. And so, like, you can fuck off and do whatever you want, but also you could just play the story as they've delineated it. Um... Whereas yeah. Elden Ring, while it does have things that you should do and orders, it doesn't appear to have anything telling you to do those. The the, the which, biggest issue I've seen is that it does not have a quest log, which people are defending as being like, well, that's just how the game is. It's meant to be vague. And it's like, what? there's a difference between like being vague and just never reminding you of the things you have to do. Yeah. Uh, like uh in in past i was i was talking with people earlier today about uh elden ring versus dark souls and stuff and like in dark souls the, the original dark souls games uh it's not an open world but there's multiple paths you can take like they they still end up going to the same place and you still have to do one thing before you can do another thing but like right it's the it's the generation 1 pokemon way of doing an open world where, yeah, it, where you just say, "Hey, you, you have these multiple things you can do. Just figure it out." Yeah, you, you can go left or right, but it you're still going to end up at the same place. But you you have choices, but you also have something leading you somewhere. Like everything's vague. There's no one can say that Dark Souls is a uh, <laughs> linear game, even though it is a linear game. It's still just so vague. You don't know what you're doing until you get to the place, and you're like. I guess this is the next thing I'm doing. I think 2 and 3 Whereas, are a bit more linear, and Bloodborne is, like, yeah. entirely linear. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, like, in Elden Ring, it's like, here you are! What do I do? Yeah, You're here! <laughs> but, like, what do I do here? Go somewhere else! Where? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna not, hold off on judgment until I get my hands on it because I will be playing it. Okay, but. I won't. <laughs> um, no, now I can go off and play uh, Sword Art Online games. Oh, oof. <laughs> I still haven't put more than thirty minutes into Hollow Fragment. 
Uh, I'm not sure I ever will. I'll play it before the next time we talk about games, which hopefully will not be next week. Because I no, it, won't play it, this it won't week. be. Because I'm gonna take a break from playing games this week. I'll, I'll still jump on Destiny a little, but like, I thought meh, the break I'm... was from Destiny. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> like I'll I'll jump on to do the like hour or two of new content that's this week, and then I'll go and cook something or paint something or play with my dogs. Okay. So anyways, that's my glowing weak point. What's yours? Mine is loss. Like? Uh, Like the TV show. Okay. I couldn't tell if you said lost or loss, as in the control-alt-delete four panel. (laughs) Lost.jpg. No, lost.jpg is the glowing life point. That's my glowing life point. I agree. (laughs) Dude, this is from someone who still reads Control Alt Delete. Well, it still goes. It's still on. Yes, it is still on. Por qué? They, they they did an in-universe re. Well, I guess they they reset the universe, and uh-huh. yeah. So it's it's different, but it's the same characters. Is it still bad? I never thought it was particularly bad. <laughs> like, Loss loss was an interesting artistic decision. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I never really thought that the comic itself was bad. Like, it's a webcomic. What do you expect? The issue was, was and this, this issue kind of pervades a lot of webcomics of its time, but it was never yeah. focused. Like, one week, it'd be like a gag comic, and then the next week, it's like, let me be pretentious about video game history, and then the next week, it's (laughs) lost.jpg. Yeah, there's definitely always, like, two different branches of the comic, and that's the problem with webcomics in general. Yeah, Uh, like, Penny Arcade suffers from the same shit. Oh, I hate Penny Arcade. (laughs) Oh, gosh, I hate them. But this is why... (laughs) I like more of the webtoon situation where it's like, yes, it is the cartoon comic um, medium, but instead of just the Sunday funnies, it's in uh, purpose of a actual story. And and that's what Control-All-Delete does now, like with their, their actual... They, they've, I guess they've technically got like three or four different. Um, they became homestuckified. Well, I don't want to denigrate it to that level. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, I actually like what they've done with it. Uh, <laughs> so, so Control Alt Delete early on had two different things it was doing. It had the weekly funnies of there was something in the news and now I'm making a joke about it. Uh, Or I thought of something funny so I'm making a joke about it. And then they had the I'm telling a story but I have four to six panels and I have to make it amusing in some way. 
and and then there's lost.jpg because because it's a comic <laughs> it's gotta be funny um and that's Except that's the that thing I, I disagree with necessarily is like it doesn't have to be funny it no it doesn't just tell a story and that's that's what i think webtoons are really nailing because like there's i follow three different webtoons well i guess one of them's done the the manhwa that i i read was on webtoon and and there wasn't funny like there is there was no jokes each each one but it was good like i enjoyed the story um i also read suitor armor which is a fantasy i wouldn't call it romance but there is technically some of that in here um never heard of either of these things even though but, I know like, you told me about one. <laughs> it just tells a story. And th- there's another one that, that is more of the funnies, like weekly funnies thing. But it's not talking about like whatever's in the news that particular week. It's just th- it's telling a story and it does so humorously. So each week it adds to the story but it's funny whereas like i think with with web comics nowadays it's like you have to be funny and you can't tell or if you do tell a story the story has to be funny in every single frame um and control all delete suffered with that early on and i think he was trying to do the thing that webtoons does now where he was like let's add some more seriousness to this because lost on jpeg isn't funny and it was it was never intended to be funny like no that's what's so jarring about it is everything up to that point is meant to be funny yeah like it's it's like it's less than five um comics before that is like a stupid joke about whatever was relevant in the news. Right, I mean, like, the, uh, the string of comics before it was just him lecturing some loser in a fucking video game store. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually pulling it up right now to see uh, what the previous... Um, I think it's legit, like, like it goes from from a few comics of him talking to some dude in the video game store, to him getting a phone call, and then Lost.jpg. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> it doesn't have the intended effect, because it just creates a whiplash. Like, my neck broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyway, it's... my 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 glowing weak point was lost, not lost. Okay, yeah. The, the TV show, the TV that show went for forever. The, the cultural milestone that, that I missed. Watch... Yeah, how is it now that when it goes, you know, and now this person's going to die? Find out next week on click for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think it ever uh, makes it to the uh, find out next week on Lost. Um, it, yeah. Once the credits hit, it's just like, hey, let's watch the next episode. And I'm like, yeah, I'll watch the next episode. But, but like, doesn't every single or most episodes, I won't say every single, don't most episodes end with a um, 
uh, Cliffender. I can't remember. My, my brain's dead. From Not the last really. Uh, I'm, I'm almost at the end of season one, and most of the time, like, like the, every maybe three or four episodes, I'll say, there might be a cliffhanger kind of ending. Thank you. But okay. most episodes just end with, like, some kind of resolution between two characters who had, like, the main story of the week. Yeah. Or sometimes not even a resolution, but just, like, a statement about their their situation and how it's not going to change, and they're just going to have to live with it. Because they're all mm-hmm. stuck on an island. Where are they going to go? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, what are you going to do about the... Sawyer? A- after you've tortured Sawyer, like, <laughs> you kind of just have to live next to Sawyer post-torture. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll get weird when you get to the part where they have flashbacks and flash-forwards, and also there's just people that are not on the island, and they do things with them as well. I will Lost say, I like weird. season one's flashbacks. Uh, I I like them a lot, especially, and I don't even like these characters that much. But Sun and mm-hmm. uh, and Jin's flashbacks are phenomenal because their world before the island was just a K drama. Just, just it's it's <laughs> just a K drama, and it's great. <laughs> you know, I have never actually watched a K drama. No. Uh, no, I've. I've heard so much about them because, like, my mom has watched them, and one of my best friends from childhood uh, is super into it, mostly because his sister was, but, and, like, she went to Korea even. Um, but yeah, never, never really watched. The, the closest I've come to Korean um, culture is I like kimchi, uh, I make my own. It's important. Um, I, uh, I've, I watched Gangnam Style, um, I watched, uh, one of Bong Joon-ho's films, it was the, uh, Snowpiercer. that wasn't Parasite? Which is, nope, not Parasite, I haven't seen it, but I've seen Snowpiercer, which is actually really good. Oh yeah, Snowpiercer's um, good too. Yeah. That's not really uh, a Korean movie though, I mean, Chris Evans is in it, like... Chris Evans, but, like, most of the rest of the cast is Korean, and there's a lot of Korean language in it, and it is made by Bong Joon-ho. Um, uh, I feel like only, like, that two major characters are actually Korean. Everyone else is, like, white. Like, Chris Evans is white. The bad well, guys are well, all there's, white. There's, there's the black lady as well. Um... A lot of the people in the poor carriage were 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 um yeah, man. but but like after the revolution happens, the mo- they mostly but just become like extras. Yeah, yeah. Except for the the two Korean people, uh, Chris Evans, mm-hmm. Chris Evans' friend who doesn't live long. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. And then there's the two villain, like like the two major villains, who are a white lady and a white dude. Yeah, I guess the three major villains, because there's the original one back in the. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about st- that person entirely. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, I guess. Um, 
yeah, no, that's that's it. That's about as much as I've done anything with Korean culture. Yeah, their uh, their their storyline is like uh, Jin is super in love with Sun, but but Sun's dad is like 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 a, a rich rich guy, and Jin comes from a fisherman's village. And so he has to prove himself to her father in order to uh, to be able to marry her. Uh, but but once he takes on a job with her father, then the dark side of her father becomes apparent, and he starts having to like perform hits on people. And, and as a result of the long hours he's working and the horrible things he's doing in his daily life, Jin becomes more and more distant from Sun. While Sun starts to feel betrayed and, and neglected, and she she hatches a plan to run away from from Jin, right before they're about to get on the flight from Australia. But then, gotcha. then he holds up a flower and he smiles at her, and she's reminded of how much how much he used he used to love her, how much she still loves him, and she gets on the plane with him anyway. <laughs> and then it's revealed that Jin was actually going to run away with her to America and hide from her father and live a normal life again with the woman that he loves and all those plans were shot down when the, the plane crashed on the island oh boy yeah <laughs> and you have these characters existing in the same world as Hurley <laughs> Who's a, a big guy who used a, uh, a a set of numbers he got from one of his uh, acquaintances in a mental health hospital to win the lottery. And then he goes through a, a string of bad, bad luck and he starts to believe that the numbers are cursed. And so he goes to Australia to find out where the numbers came from. But nobody can tell him. Other than that they were just broadcast out of the Pacific Ocean 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. yeah, this is the stupidity where it's like the, the numbers came from the island and then I think later on he's the one that broadcasts the numbers or like someone it's it's weird <laughs> the lost is weird I, I like that it's weird though I like that it introduced the, the concept of the monster in like the first three episodes like the monster was just always there and then for the rest of the season, it shows up maybe twice. And I think yeah. one time, it actually just turned out to be a polar bear again. There was a second polar bear. <laughs> it's great. I'm loving it. I have the three, the three episodes of Exodus left, which is like the season finale. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm loving this podcast right now. Yeah? <laughs> We've talked about the strangest assortment of things. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to any real segment yet. No, no, we are still in the intro. Uh, so I don't think we can call it that. that anymore. We're 24 no. minutes in. <laughs> no, this is still the intro, and I love that. Let's move on to... Part one of the podcast, 24 and a half minutes in. Hey, what did you play this week? Uh, I got three games on my thing. Uh, I can I can knock out one real quick. Nightscape 
Okay. Is a little $3 phone game that I picked up. It's a it's a endless runner game where you play a person riding a skateboard. There are three levels. Um, I think it's meant to get progressively harder with each level. But the okay. second level is the hardest level. It's it's uh, <laughs> there's these little floating eyeballs that come up behind you, and if they touch you, they take away 150 points, which is more than anything in the third stage takes away. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and and there's a there's a thing you jump on because the the whole idea of the game is just that you jump and grind on things. And then you try and mm-hmm. jump between things to create a combo. And the higher your combo is, the more points you get. And, and when you lose the run, your points all go towards uh, unlocking things like uh, new songs or pallets. Or, okay. for the first two stages, the next stage. Um, I've already... I, I've unlocked everything in the game. There's not much to it. But it's it's fun enough for $3. Uh, just the second level is... It, it's such a huge step up from the first level. because the, the only danger in the first level is a bird. There's a there's a little seagull. You're riding down like like a, a boardwalk, right? And and you can jump on just bars that are hanging. Or it's the least inspired of the the levels. There's <laughs> just like white bars that you grind on. I'm like, what are these? Um, and, and then there's traffic cones and street lights that you can jump off of. And then there's a bird. And the bird has such a strange hitbox. You will be like, oh, I can land on the bird with this next one. And then you'll try. And then for some reason, you'll just kind of slip through it and lose 50 points. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I I, I dislike the bird. I dislike the bird more than I dislike the eyeball. Because most of the time, at least, it feels like it's my fault when I fail to jump on top of the eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. But with the bird, it just kind of feels like like bullshit. And then the third stage is a is an aquarium, and like it has two levels. Like like you're riding along the top level at at the start, and that's where you're gonna mostly be. And it's pretty safe ish. There's like a a little robot that has spikes on it, and if you hit that, then you're gonna lose points and also lose the run because it's gonna like stop you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then there's a there's a lower section that you can enter through pits to get to. And it's like pipes. And for some reason the pipes have spikes on them at, at corners and shit. <laughs> and of course. and you're just moving so fast and there's spikes up top and spikes at the bottom, so you have to jump between pipes. And, and then yep. sometimes there are fish and uh, the fish look like silhouettes, so you think like, oh, well, the fish can't hurt me. And then the fish hurts you. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, Why John, not? what did you play? I played Destiny. Yeah? <laughs> All you right. sound bummed. Well, I, thought, I thought we weren't going to talk about games this week, uh, but then uh, the... Uh, People who are behind uh, the the labor union behind Kotaku 
the uh, Gizmodo Media Group Union. Yeah, has has decided to go on strike and all of the news things that we were going to talk about. Well, yesterday they uh are... they did get a deal. They they got a deal. So they're not on strike currently, I think. Although their okay. name still says GMG Union is on strike, but their pinned tweet is we won, we have a deal and it's from 22 hours ago. Yeah, I guess but that was too you know, soon me... for me to get news together. Yeah, that's and you know, we we just don't want to cross that picket line. So yeah. we we decided not to do news today. And and, and the problem is that Kotaku is like the best video game outlet for like real news. Polygon, it's, it's pretty and, good. Polygon and IGN have some stuff sometimes, but if you go to their websites, it's a whole lot of just basically press releases for games. Yeah, and uh, if you if you really want like the industry news, then you have to go to Game of Sutra, which I guess is now game developer, but like game developer is a terrible name. It's <laughs> like. I, I hadn't even heard of this, but oh yeah, well that's because you're not actually in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it Game of Sutra, G- Gama Sutra was the original name of it. Oh, I knew, I knew of Gama Sutra. Calling it that, yeah. I didn't know they had it, changed it their is... name, which explains why I haven't yeah. seen anything from them in a minute. Yeah, they're they're now game developer, which is uh, terrible. Yeah. That's the least search engine optimized name imaginable. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, But anyways, yeah, I played Destiny. Uh, This was the week of prepping for the last last minute prep for the raid, and which I was already ready for. And so we did that. We got ready for the raid, and then the raid happened, and we all jumped in, and. Bungie fucked up a little bit. <laughs> oh no, what did Bungie do? So you remember how I said day one of the new season, there were no bugs, nothing, a problem at all? And like in the there past, there have bugs. been. But like, yeah, yeah, it it was a struggle. Um, <laughs> it was it was not good. There was, there was anteater errors all over the place. We just kept getting booted to orbit and we couldn't get to the first encounter. So most raids have a starter not encounter, but it's like, here's one of the mechanics of the raid, and you've got to fight through these enemies, but, like, it's not a real encounter. You don't have, like, limited revives, and it's not timed or anything. You just have to get there and and figure out the mechanics to get to the place. And... Uh, it's, it's always fun. It's always a, a, a cool little mini encounter and we couldn't get through it to get to the actual raid because we just kept getting booted halfway through. Oh no. So, and a lot of people were having this issue. In fact, one of the, uh, biggest day one, uh, raiders was like, they didn't finish the game until like 14 hours later, partially because of this. Because uh, they were locked out of the, the raid for, like, two-plus hours. Damn. Then they just sucked for the rest of it, and they were very salty about the, the first bit, but they had no chance 
uh, they <laughs> they sucked ass. <laughs> there was lots of salt from them of like we would have been world's first if it hadn't been for all those errors. And then and then they showed off their it, gameplay, and it's like, no, y'all just <laughs> didn't know how to do this one. <laughs> yeah, like what when the the team that who who actually got world's first, um, so world's second. Uh, okay, first of all, clearly it wasn't us. We did not get World's World's First, putting it out there now. I'm a little disappointed that we sucked so much. Did you get World's uh, yeah, we Fourth no, or Fifth? We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so, World's Second didn't have any problems getting into the raid. They had no errors at any point. Lucky. Uh, but they got World Second still. World first couldn't get into the game for like an hour to two hours because of all the bugs. Uh, and they came out world first, which clearly shows that they are the best. Like, without a doubt, they were fantastic and they deserve the win. Um, and then this other team, uh, the one I talked about, who is one of the, the leading contenders, except for the fact that they didn't like the world's first beat it like six hours after the raid came out, despite the fact them not getting in until like two hours in. The this other team didn't beat it for like twelve hours. <laughs> Twice the <laughs> so time. Like, you didn't have a chance. No. Like, bitch all you want about Bungie screwing you with the errors. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me happy because they were salty. Um so we, we got in, it took us a while to get in, then we, we figured out the first encounter, it was very fun, um, we, you know, it took us a while to, to f- solve all the little puzzles of how it works, and then once we did, it was just a matter of getting it down, and we did. And then we moved on to the second one. Okay. Yeah. So the second one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... About half the way through the second encounter, which isn't a bad encounter, it's just that we didn't understand how it worked very well. And a lot of people didn't, and a lot of people were just having trouble in general. It's it's where most of the people who quit, quit. Most people got to the second one, tried it for multiple hours, and then gave up. We did not give up. We came back into it after a break. We did it like six or seven more times, and we got through it. And we Hey-o. went through a little jumping puzzle, and we got to the third one. And then everyone was too tired. <laughs> so then you gave up. So, so then four out of the six people decided that they were tired of this, and they didn't want to do it anymore, and they gave up. I was not one of those four people, and I was kind of sad, because we could absolutely have beaten the third encounter with, like, four or five more tries. It's just everyone else was too tired, and they were they were upset with the raid, and they gave up. I mean, that's fair. So, I think this is going to be my last time trying Worlds First with them, because, like, the the... This is the third time we've tried to do a world's first. The first time, we got to the final boss within 24 hours. We we got there. We had, like, four hours left. But looking back, just being honest, we could not have done it. We didn't 
have the preparations for it. We didn't have the weapons for it. There was a hefty damage limit you had to reach, and we just didn't have the tools to do that. We were skilled enough to do it. We just could not literally get to the damage part. Like, it, it just... The, we could not output enough damage with the weapons that we had in order to win. I see. The second world's first, we did the same thing we did this time. We got to a point, we, we got to the final boss, and then people just were not willing to think outside the box, were not willing to listen to potential changes, and we did not get it. And then the same thing happened this time. People just got tired of it and didn't go for further. So I'm I'm done because, like, the thing you get for day one raid is you get a really cool emblem that you can only get if you do it within the first 24 hours. And otherwise, it's just a miserable experience. <laughs> Because right. it's it's really hard content. It's the hardest thing that's in the game is doing these day one raids because they make it so much harder to do it on day one. Um, and you're blind. You don't you don't know how to do it. You have to figure it out for yourself. There's no guides available, of course, because you know you're racing against everyone else. And you know when the people who do beat it beat it, they're like, whew. I'm going to go to sleep now. Yeah, they're not, not uploading the video. Out, <laughs> yeah, they're not uploading the video or writing out a guide or, or anything like that. They just, they want to go to sleep. And you know what? Please do, because you're <laughs> exhausted at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, it's tiring. It's hard. And if you don't succeed, then you've wasted 24 hours. Like... If, if you do day one, you either complete it and you get a cool emblem that I would never take off ever. <laughs> like, no matter how shitty it might look, that's staying the fuck on. <laughs> or you fail and you've wasted your day. Because you could say, well, I like the challenge. There's other challenging things in the game. You, you could go do that. Um, if, and if you like the challenge, you like the challenge because you want to complete it. So that, that goes back to, you should finish it. Uh, if you just want to do it blind, hey, guess what? You can wait 24 hours and do the raid blind and not be a pain in the ass because you're not 60 light under level and everything's harder. You could just go and not look up any guides and play it blind. Right. Um, so... I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time, especially since with all of the errors that, that Bungie had with the servers and people getting booted, they decided for the first time ever that they were going to extend the time for the quote-unquote day one raid. And they gave it an extra 24 hours. So... That's 48 hours for you to get the day one raid. And we took advantage of that. We went and took... We had seven hours of sleep and then came back into the game to do it. And we still bitched out of it. Wow. Like, this was our chance, but no. So it's like it's either time um, to find a new group or to just stop trying this altogether. 
Yeah, and I that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is is for the next one because first of all the next one's just going to be a re-release of a previous raid uh, from D1, so I'm just not gonna do it. Like, sure you can have worlds first or day one for the Destiny 2 version, and it'll change a little, but uh, I'm just gonna sit out. I'm gonna actually have a day to myself and and come in the next day and play. Um. And, uh, maybe the one after that, but yeah, I, it's, it's disheartening to put in a month's worth of work, getting ready for this, making sure I had all the weapons, building my, my loadout, making sure, like, I had the right mods applied so I'd have everything perfect, and, and then to just quit. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. It's sad. Yep. So, enough about Destiny 2 for the future. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, because you started playing that a couple uh, weeks ago. Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm I'm just taking a short break from it right now. I just wanted to get something else in my system, which is the game I'll be talking about after this. Um, Okay. But I've reached the, uh, the, what I'll call the second half of the game. Of Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah. which is I've made it to Makanis, like the the entire first half of the game takes place on Bionis, which is this giant titan full of like 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 not full of like the the life exists on the outside of the titan, um, but it's got like greenery okay. and trees and water and shit. Right, Makanis is a metal life form. It's people are robots, uh, and the the you do go inside of the uh, the Mechanis, and that's how you climb up it. Okay. Um, I've got all seven party members now, and I've plateaued. And by that I mean, like, there are no more side quests left to do, really. Uh, which means that my level is kind of stagnant. Gotcha. And I'm a little worried about that going forward. But at the same time, there's nothing else I could do, so I'm just gonna have to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. But... I like this. I, I like the seventh party member a lot. Uh, she's okay. she's a she's part robot. She's she's like she's a she's a person who's been turned into like a robot, like a cyborg. Okay. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, she she's got robotic parts, but she, the base of her being is still a person. Um. And gameplay-wise, this means that she has drones that she fights with, and she uses them to shoot big lasers, and that's cool. Okay. Yeah. She yeah. she fight her 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 special is 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 a big laser, and then she fights with daggers, which is also cool. Um, that is pretty cool. And she's also able to do a lot of different things. Like, if you want her to be a super speedy character, she can do that. Or if you want her to be kind of like a tanky character, she can do that. 
she just can't do all of it at once it's like how you specialize the equipment you put on her and stuff mm-hmm. yeah she's she's kind of like riki in that way riki is the uh the nopon character the cute little furball thing yeah um he's also able to be like an ether attacker or a physical attacker or a tank or whatever you really need him to do like, like if you want him to be a debuff specialist which is what he's best at he can do that but he's also decent enough at the other things where you can just kind of slot him into any party space and be like that's a good use of a party member and okay. she's kind yeah. of the same way so I'm, okay. I'm really glad that i have all these characters uh there's none that i find really bad to play as just the earlier characters kind of become boring as the later characters get introduced because like ryan is just a tank ryan will never be anything but a tank he has one really <laughs> good damaging move and that's cool but at the end of the day he's just there to take aggro Sharla yeah. is a really good support character. She's great at healing and uh, curing debuffs and helping set up like, like debuffs of the party's own. But she's not really able to do that by herself in the same way that Dunban or Riki or Fiora are. So, yeah. The, the only early game character who stays really relevant in that way is Shulk. And that's just because he has the big Monado. You know? Yeah. Like, he doesn't get nearly as many skills as the other characters. Like, he's never able to swap any of his base skills out. Because he gets just enough to fill up the bar. And then the game is like, that's it. That's all you get. Any other skills you get, they're Monado <laughs> arts, which means you have to fill up your special meter and use your special meter to use that that skill, which essentially means you have one skill that does eight things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why, on a base level, he's still kind of less versatile than the others, but the his talent gauge does fill up faster than most other characters. So you are able to kind of bust out the Monado more frequently than, like, Fiora's laser cannon. But... Yeah. It's still just like... I would rather be playing with a team con comprised of Melia, Dunban, and Fiora. <laughs> it's just more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, so, uh, Mekonis is also kind of just a boring area. Uh, there's not many characters beyond, like, the base of the Mekonis, uh, like, that you're interacting with. Not many supporting characters. The story at this yeah. point is pretty much just climb to the top of the Mekonis and fight the evil dude. Yay! Yeah, and then there's more to it than that. Like, he's not evil per se, as we've learned recently. He is the antagonist, because he's the one who's been sicking the machines on you to kill you all. But it's because of a grudge he holds against the Bionis itself, from the Bionis, like, fucking up the Mechonis, because these machine people mm. live for, like, tens of thousands of years, and so he was around for when that was happening. 
There's a lot of words that I don't know. <laughs> the 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 Bionis and the Baconis are two titans that fought each other in an endless field of water at one point in the distant past. They killed each other, okay. and then life grew, uh, life formed on the planets, or I mean the titans. Um, except as as we've learned, life already existed on them when they were fighting, which must have been really stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day, the, the Bionis and the Mechonis killed each other, and the Eggle got really mad because his god was killed. And, and that's why okay. everything's happening. <laughs> Tell me about Horizon Forbidden West. It's more Horizon. Okay. Uh, the, the, best, the best improvement over horizon zero dawn is one the name because horizon zero dawn is a shitty fucking name forbidden west is a bit better uh okay but two is there's now six weapon slots on the weapon wheel oh yeah in in zero dawn you had four which meant you really had to be particular with the weapons you were using if, mm-hmm. if you didn't want to just be switching them out of the menu all the time, which I don't like doing. Yeah. So, yeah. it's really nice to be able to have six weapons on my thing. And so, I'm a, I can have, like, a hunter bow that is specifically for dealing just impact damage. Just a shit ton of impact damage. And then I have a second hunter bow on my wheel that has uh, poison and frost arrows. And so that can be like, oh, I want to trigger elemental things. Then I will use this. And it's a weapon I'm still familiar with, so I don't have to, like, relearn something. Yeah. Uh, And then I have, like... What's up? No, keep going. Oh, okay. And then I have, like, my precision bow, which is my favorite weapon. It's the one that, like, you draw back really tight, and then it fires a really strong shot, and you're... If you're a good aim, you can, like, one-shot a lot of monsters, a lot of machines with that thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm half-decent, so I get a few one-shots in. <laughs> <laughs> a better player half would decent. be always... Gotcha. Yeah, a better player would be always one-shotting them, but I'm half-decent. Okay. A, a weapon I never used much before, but I'm using a lot now, is called a warrior bow. It's... It's like a short range kind it's not like a crossbow but it's it allows you to like rapidly fire arrows but not in the way like like in the first game there was some kind of like rattler or something that acted as like an arrow machine gun it's not that it's kind of like having a pistol in your hand that shoots arrows okay and okay. I've been liking that for when I fuck up and get spotted by machines. It's really useful. Yeah. Um, and then the other weapon I've been using a lot is a spear thrower. Uh, Ooh. It throws explosion spears. So, is it like an axolotl? No, no, not axolotl. Uh, atlatl, that one. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. But uh, uh ba- basically it's a it, you throw a javelin and it sticks against the the machine 
and then a few seconds later, it blows up. So it does damage okay. when it hits the machine, and then it does more damage and also will like blow components off and stuff when it blows up. Nice. So if you're a good shot with that thing and you're able to to hit the machines with them, it's really good. The issue with it is you cannot throw a spear if you're crouching, which means you cannot be hidden while you're doing it. Um, yeah. When you're at, you do kind of have to be standing. Yeah. While you're aiming it, you're allowed to move around, but when you actually throw it, you do have to stop. So, okay. so you kind of open yourself up a little bit when you're firing it. And also, mm-hmm. you can't throw it that far. So if they're not within range of you, then you're not going to hit them. And if they're within range of you throwing that thing, you're also within range of them hitting you. See, I don't like that. Because the the purpose of a spear thrower is actually to give you... Um, more velocity and uh, farther distance to throw things. Yeah, like 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 that's that's the entire purpose of a an atlatl is is the term for for a spear thrower. Um, it, it lengthens your arm and makes it so that you can throw the javelin with greater velocity over farther distances. Like I, I think it gives you mid range capabilities at best there's definitely nothing Mm. long range about it Mm. but they they can be further away and you be able to hit them than like with the 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 warrior bow the warrior bow they really have to be like right up on top of you for you to reliably hit them anywhere with the with the spear thrower they can be a bit further away from you and you be able to get the hit in okay yeah and then uh, other weapons that like have returned are like the trip caster, which throws out ropes. I've never liked the trip caster, even though I'm using traps a lot more than I did before. Like, I prefer setting up traps to using the ro- the rope the the trip yeah. caster. I don't know. I just don't like how with the trip caster you have to shoot at one point on the ground. And then you have to find another point on the ground and shoot, and then you have to make sure that it's within the range. Otherwise, the rope is too long, and so it doesn't work. And it's, uh, I just yeah. don't like it. Uh, I, I like being no, that... able to be like, here's a blast bomb. I set the blast bomb down, and then I coax an enemy into walking into it. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So that that's kind of been my my focus is uh like like sneaking around using the precision bow to one shot enemies and and setting up traps to to catch them unawares and then when shit goes really bad I fall back and use the warrior bow or the spear thrower. Okay. Yeah. Um sounds like fun. The story is there. I feel like I'm playing it less for the story than I was for the f- the first game. I feel like this game, I'm really just interested in shooting r- big robots. Um, okay. Aloy's a dick, but it's fine. That it, it gives her more character than a lot of like open world protagonists get. 
because she's a dick, mm. but it's also sometimes like, <laughs> could you just be friends with one of your friends for a second? <laughs> no. No, we can't. Like, she's spending a lot of the game holding people at arm's length and being like, no, I have to do this by myself. And it's, mm. like, it's just, just be nice to Varl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was just the All games right. i played cool we we've also uh well do we even want to talk about anime because we we can talk we're, we're an hour so, in. so here's the thing is i don't have a topic of the week i didn't come up with one i don't have one gotcha so gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about anime and then we can do game facts and then that can be the podcast Okay. Yeah. So we'll cut that out then. No, I'm leaving that in. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so we also have anime to talk about. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's one big one. There, there's one that I had you, we were about to start recording and then I, John's yep. like, I haven't watched this anime yet. And I said, well, I really want to talk about that one, so let's <laughs> let's wait on recording for a little bit so you can go watch that episode. John, could yeah. you tell why I wanted you to watch that episode? So uh, we're we're all caught up on Realist Hero, and uh, in in the past, uh, Wombat has had some issues with the fact that. Uh, there's just out of nowhere slavery. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was. It was just, there was no mention of it really in the first season. No mention of it in the second season until, hey, you, character, you are now my slave. Right. And it's like, wait, what? That's a, yeah. that's a thing? <laughs> and, and it was, it was, it was really badly done because you'd think like if you're going to make a character have a slave then maybe like have slavery be a thing before this point because honestly at that point you could just take it as i am now instituting slavery right that's how you could read it because there is no evidence that there's slavery before then like maybe there was a mention of it in season one but there was not i can't i can't remember that like i honestly you could just watch season two and be like wow he just enslaved that person and created slavery um and and then they immediately go on to mention how like it's a standard thing and it's a thing that happens but like you'd think that they'd have had slaves anywhere in the show previous to this put them in the background have them you know some like this person's a slave keeper or you know these people over here working in the fields are clearly slaves or something no like it was just slavery like (laughs) yeah it jumped out at you and then they've mentioned it a couple times since and it's always been gross and one that's time not it to was say that a joke. There is, y- yes, there, there's never a time where slavery isn't gross, but like there are there are tiers to this, there are levels to this, <laughs> and um, the the one time where I was like, uh, "Ha ha, you are now a slave, and you get whipped 
by your uh, other person, at, by by your master, and um, oh, but don't worry, it's an okay whipping un- because it doesn't leave marks. We use a special tool that only inflicts the pain to your mind. It doesn't actually hurt your body. Yeah, like like no, that doesn't make it I, better. That's uh, so, so you're still whipping a person. That, that- that episode happened, I was like, wow, I didn't know that they could make this worse, but they did. <laughs> we got to this, and, the newest episode of the show. Yeah, and and just a quick reminder, Realist Hero has not been great this season. No, it's been bad. <laughs> season two has just it's, been it's, bad. It's not been great. I wouldn't say it's bad, there have been bad episodes, but as a whole, it's just been kind of, well, it's there. It's like the, um, after episode three, it's been bad episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like now the, and then with the slavery stuff on, like it's been bad despite, or not including the slavery bits, the slavery bits push it over to being like this is bad and also gross yeah um and so then then we get to this episode which starts out with slavery this is the slavery episode right it doesn't start out with slavery it's just all about slavery in fact it's the episode opens with uh soma and his you know gaggle of women discussing in his harem slavery his in the kingdom. His whole harem was there every single one of them uh-huh. uh so so they're discussing slavery in the kingdom and mm-hmm. and then soma's like well if we use that then maybe we can start doing something and, and it's intentionally vague and it's like okay well, what's the point of this and then yeah, it's it's like we could do that and then it goes into the the you know the opening intro and then it's the like opening. hey here's a slave trader named ginger no, no, Camus. No, no 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 it's like that is the last thing we hear and everyone goes what's that and then it goes to the opening and then immediately goes into a history of slavery oh that's right it it like, spends like, like two or three <laughs> minutes explaining slavery on the the supercontinent slavery is a terrible thing and in our world there's these people who thought of slavery this way and sadly slavery is still an issue in this world and then it goes to a a slave trader and the entire storyline is focused around this slave trader who as slave traders go is one of the best that's a low bar. Considering he still owns slaves. Yes. And sold and, slaves. And, yes. And then even to the end, it's like, it, it got grosser in a way. But, so, he, he his, his grandfather passed away, and his grandfather was a slave trader. And all the slaves are sad because they're going to get broken up, and there's families of slaves here, and, you know, they, they don't want to be split up from their kids and their spouses and their girlfriends and stuff. And so uh, 
the the kid who's too kind-hearted to really be a slave trader so he's selling them off so that he could have money to do his own thing in life um starts trying to make them uh a better catch so that he could insist that they you know stay together and insist on certain things and only sell them to the people he you know he thinks will be good to them so he clothes them and feeds them and gives them education so he treats them like human beings <laughs> uh and then eventually uh Due to a recent mandate from the king, uh, uh, the people, anyone who is in charge, as in is a knight or a lord or something, has to be able to keep their uh, own area fine. Like, they, they have to be able to uphold their own area. They need their own personal which, bureaucracy. They can't just be feudal lords yeah. being like, give me all your grain. And I will drink yeah. wine and laugh at you and spit in your face. Which, like, how has this not happened before? How can you not manage your own territories? Like, right. that was that was the term they used, to manage your own territories. How can you be given territory and not be able to manage your own territory? Right, like, who so was anyways, managing need, it before? Yeah, they, they need someone to, you know, who can read and write and do arithmetic and stuff to actually run it for them because they're all stupid and normally they'd go out of their way to find like other people who who are like them that could do that except for they're all employed by the government at this point so they go to the slaver and they're like hey we'll spend we'll give you anything you want in order to buy your slaves and he's like cool well you can have them but i want lots of money and you have to like treat them carefully and take families together and stuff and they all agree and and then it like cuts forward in time, all of the slaves are sold except for the one who told him at the beginning that he should be nice. Um, and uh, it even mentions as an aside that, like, yeah, and they said that they'd free them about the last slaves that were sold. Uh-huh. Uh, as if, like, no, yes, it was I grosser sure than that. that. All the s- I made sure that all the slaves would be freed except, uh, no. And yes, you're right, it was grosser because. Uh, not only does he free the slaves that he purchased, he's going to marry them. Yeah, he takes them as his wives. The slaves that he bought. Like, I don't feel like it matters that you freed them. Because the, it's yeah. just an inherently uh, unequal power imbalance there. Power imbalance, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why... Yeah. <laughs> uh. it, it's It's bad. The whole episode is bad. <laughs> and 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 then uh, Soma comes in incognito <laughs> and he offers to buy the last slave and, and they haggle about it and the slave wants to sell herself to him so that uh, the kid can have more money to start his own business. And then the kid blurts out that, no, she's not for sale because I want her as an employee, uh, and she's freed now. Again, he is her, her owner, and he's freeing her so that he can, he can basically her. force her to be employed. And Kind of feels like just a continuation s- of her slavery. Yeah, and it really seems like he has the hots for her, at least. Oh a yeah, it's bit, it's so. t- it was totally like I want to declare my love for her, but I'm I, I'm too much of a coward to actually declare my love. 
and also like i would be uh, as a viewer i would be even more disgusted if he did declare his love because it's like well you own that person yes but like yes as a viewer you'd be more disgusted if he did declare that but you know that's what was happening yeah like they they didn't make it a secret and it's never gonna be okay and it's gonna happen eventually no because i'm guessing these two are just gonna be characters now i just have to fucking i might not watch the show anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh so then uh soma uh announces that it was all uh, a secret plot that he was testing him to find out if if he was the person he needs because he's trying to abolish slavery but he can't just abolish slavery because there would be civil war and stuff about it and there would be oppressed in the kingdom and the kingdom would fall apart and to a degree i can understand because yes doing the just giant changes like that that are just to a basic thing of of the society does cause major turmoil and probably would cause everything to fall apart but also sometimes those things are worth it right sometimes it's just the right thing to do (laughs) now i i think the difference between their situation and our situation is that in the north uh in in the u.s uh slavery wasn't common (laughs) slavery was still a thing but it was not something that was as common as it was in the south Uh, and there were a lot more people who just didn't think that slavery was good whereas in this issue this thing this world there isn't a the north it's so ingrained in their society that there is no group of people that are against it. Counterpoint, uh, it's not so ingrained in their society that it was apparent until 20-something episodes into the show. She's <laughs> Okay, yeah. How about this? He's a king. Right. King does not interact with slaves. But uh, King King so far has has interacted with the bureaucracy, has interacted with the military, and has interacted with other countries. Does not really interact much with the common man. But that's the thing. The, the most is, is slaves could have come up at any point in this. They could be in the background, like you said, cleaning stuff up and just make it apparent that that's what they are by using those fucking collars. You know, they have a very obvious like slave collar thing put those collars on people in the background and then you're like oh shit there's slavery going on uh in the military why would there not be slaves in the military that doesn't even make sense like you would imagine he would have interacted with some of them there or when he was out Uh, scouting the farm you don't arm your slaves what that that's why they're not in the military you don't arm slaves okay but you would imagine they would be like running. Obvious. They would be running supplies and shit, right? Like they're just, they're not Meh. just gonna not be there, you know? Nah, I I feel like they probably wouldn't be there. But but again, like when he was out scouting like the cotton fields, and he's which also whoa, <laughs> yeah yeah, whoa, <laughs> that just hit me. This country's ec- economy used to run on cotton. And now yes. we know they have slavery. 
Yeah. That's that's too on the nose. I'm sorry. That's that's disgusting. Who wrote who wrote Realist Hero? Because they must be like a Nazi. <laughs> maybe maybe they're Ukrainian. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, oh Jesus! That hit me like I, a like a fucking freight truck, John. There, there's there's clearly like it wasn't there's there's not the the large group of people who are against slavery like there is in our country, so you couldn't have a backing to help you in the fight. Uh, like some of the army would definitely join with you just because you know they're the army. They're the army, and and they are probably too poor to have slaves anyways and you know it doesn't hit them as much and you know maybe they think that the king's doing the right things they'll follow them but some of the army won't follow him and then you have the rest of the country to fight against so you have to change public perspective before you can do those fights like look at america before the civil war when slaves were just common everywhere like at the revolution there were slaves in every state yeah you know at the at the time of the civil war there were also slaves in every state it was just more concentrated areas in the south and very uncommon in the north but like at the birth of the country there there wasn't that difference there was just slavery everywhere everyone had slaves and if they weren't it was because they were too poor um and that's sort of the point where he's at it it took time it took uh it took people being freed in the north because a a select few did find it disgusting and did free their slaves um like george washington freed all of his slaves except for the ones owned by his wife he was a disgusting man as well. Right. Um, but, like, that that's sort of the point where we're at, where, like, George Washington wanted to free all of these slaves, but he didn't, which was wise because it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> I mean, the, th- the and, thing is that it's, uh, it's not a fair comparison because it would have actually been very easy to do it after the revolution when they're drafting a constitution it's just that they wanted everybody who fought for freedom to be part of the same country instead like you could have drawn a line and been like no like new york whoever's representing new york no we're not going to join a country that has slavery like that was a thing they could have just done But you realize that every single person who wrote the Constitution owned slaves. And every single person who, uh, almost every single person who voted for those people had slaves. Yeah. Everyone that was not destitute in America had slaves. So what you're saying is there Maybe should have been a, a revolution after the revolution where, like, okay, like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, you know, we threw out we threw out the British. Yay, no more British. Okay. Well now 
Now the the lower classes rise up against the bourgeoisie and they murder Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. And now we have a free country. (laughs) (laughs) But that didn't happen. No, it didn't. It should have. America's America's story would be very different. It, it, it is the same situation as in Realist Hero. There, there is no differentiation, really, between the two. Like, slavery is just common sense. And that's the way it is. And so, in this episode, they started... He, he out of nowhere, announced his plans to start uh, socializing slaves by uh, now... All slavery is going to be under the control of the government, and all slaves are going to be uh, clothed and fed and taught. Slave traders are public Uh, servants. Yeah, uh, which is, yeah, that was gross. Uh Um, But basically, he's working towards making it so that um, the slaves are going to be more publicly appreciated and similar to normal people and might even be more educated to the normal people um and as such eventually he can just free them but this entire episode was gross yeah (sighs) front to back and 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 more than that I, i want to point out that if we had not had the part where Soma says, hey, I am now enslaving you personally, this person, there would have been no reason to bring up slavery in this anime. Or in, yeah. Yeah, no. Like, they could have just not had it. it, it, it it's, it's just a thing that they could have just not had. And in fact, and, there was a way to tell this storyline better than using, like, outright slavery like in chains and shit because it's like the world is clearly like medieval and yeah like the 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 political structure of medieval times was largely feudalism which was a form of slavery but not in such an out and out like like yeah like it was was slavery with extra steps yeah it was like, okay, well, you're tied to this land, and I own this land, and so, therefore, I kind of own you. But also, like, like there was a, an amount of freedom that uh, feudalism allotted its, its like, serfs that is not allotted yeah. to slaves, you know? And, and do, it would you, have been much... Do you want to know what I thought? What? I thought in the beginning, because the beginning, the, the the entire crux of this is that uh, they need more educated people. That's the entire purpose of this episode is we need more educated people throughout the country. Uh, just we need more in the government. We need more for each of the little sub governments. We we need more educated people. Right. I thought it was and just so going to be. Schools. They mention they mention two things. They mention we need to poach from other countries and two that. And then the next episode was a bunch of benches lined up in front of one dude facing them, and. You think my immediate thought was 
Oh, okay. We're gonna, He's going to start a school. Right. We're going to start educating the masses. Education will no longer be reserved for those in power. We will teach everyone what they need to know. Yeah, that that public education is fucking something he should have done from the beginning. Like that should have been one of his first fucking. It's things. a no shit, no brainer thing. Yeah, like it's it, honestly it's, kind of it's wild. The it basis hasn't happened of yet. democracy, <laughs> Co- correct? And and honestly, it got to that point. I was like, oh yeah, that is a standard. Of democracy, of modern countries, is having public education. Even dictatorships have public education now, because it's the standard for modern countries. But, no. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this season has been trash. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Like, I can just, as an aside, uh, Genius Prince, uh, is still excellent. It's still going strong. Love it. Yeah. Every episode is better than the last. When it started, we were just like, eh, this is just like realist hero, but like more boring. And now it's, uh, it it might be the best anime I'm watching this season. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh... pretty good. Um, it's certainly better than she professed herself people of the wise man ugh. because that hasn't gotten any better you're still watching it um yes i am why <laughs> uh police in a pod is still as weird as always <laughs> uh it's it's still like the the police are doing important things but uh hate everything about them like Hate the entire bureaucracy, hate what they're being made to do, hate, uh, the, the people who are doing it. It's, yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to think. I still don't Um, know what genre in the land of Leodale is. Uh, it's Slice of Life. (laughs) But then sometimes it wants to have, like, big kaiju fights in the middle of a city. <laughs> but it's a comedy. Like, it's it's comedy slice of life. Yes, they have big kaiju fights that last for less than three minutes. <laughs> but see, if it, if it wanted to be... Co- a dude almost died. Actually, people did die. Nameless characters did just get eaten <laughs> yes. by a giant yes. penguin. <laughs> but a named yes, character almost died. <laughs> And then uh-huh, it, I love and it. then it's back to fucking you know, right, random isekai antics. Yeah, I'm like, what is the show? <laughs> and the children are like barely characters anymore. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought they would be like a core part of the show. They show up for gags. That's it. Except for uh-huh. weirdly, the dwarf guy. Who seems to be, like, her favorite son and is allowed to be more of a character than just his gag. (laughs) The oldest Uh. son and the daughter are just their gags. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. Uh, And then My Dress Up Darling is still good. It is. 
it it is still good. But it's good in that way where I don't really have anything to say about it. It's just like it's just good. Honestly, it's it's one of the anime I'm enjoying the most this season. Like I I look forward to watching that episode. Yeah. Um, I do too. It's just like then I have nothing to say about it. Like yeah. yeah, that was a good episode. And, of and anime. it's not in a negative way. Yeah, it's it's. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like wow, that was wonderful. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, I don't think we really need to talk about much more. Do you? No. Yeah, like the other stuff, we're still watching. It's still there. I mean, uh, like I said, I've been watching Lost, new. so I've kind of I uh, fell off a lot of anime, but I am keeping up with the ones that are highlighted here not highlighted okay italicized gotcha yeah game facts we had a weird one today john john what what uh influenced you is it topical is this because of the new robert pattinson movie no, no, not at all. And actually, hadn't thought about that in the slightest. Um, <laughs> the, this the, today we're talking about Batman: Arkham Asylum, and thank you for asking about how I came up with this because I meant to bring that up. Um, I had like an hour to throw together all of the facts, and so I was like, "Well, let me just Google fun video game facts, like <laughs> just to." have something to go off of like right. so i'll know that hey this game has a fact and i found this sci-fi article about fun facts about video games and it's got like 25 facts and the very first one was a batman arkham asylum fact and i read it and was like that's neat i'll talk about that and then i scrolled through some more and um and the second one, like, Super Mario characters got their names from famous musicians, Iggy, Ludwig, and Lemmy, uh, and Trent Reznor. Um, E.T. the Extraterrestrial by Atari was the worst game ever. Which it's no. not. <laughs> it's not. That's the, um, That honor goes to the first Drakengard game. We all know it. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed was a Prince of Persia spinoff. Yeah, no shit. Um, and then, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog got his name from a comic book. And then, then this is what it says. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this verbatim. So, the idea of Sonic being super fast came from the gene and protein in humans that separates the right and left brain. However... The game's name didn't get inspiration from the SHH gene, but a comic book series. What? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> SHH gene? What? It so so there there is a gene and pro gene protein that um helps transfer information between the right and left brain okay. um hemispheres. And, uh, it does this so fast be to, like, make your brain connected, otherwise you'd be bonkers. Um, and so the person who discovered this meme, or this, this gene, called it the SHH gene, the Sonic the Hedgehog gene. Um, 
Sonic Hedgehog SHH gene. What? Uh, yeah, that's, it's a lot of things in, in science are named after video games and TV shows and stuff. Oh, so the gene um, is named after the video The gene game. is named after the video game character. Not the other way around. Yes. And Sonic the Hedgehog got his name from a comic book series that was written, and that's what they say here, except they also say it's, he got the fact that he's fast from the gene, which came later. It's just, it's just blatantly wrong. Like, he got the fact that he's fast from the fact that his name is Sonic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The the idea of Sonic being super fast didn't come from the gene. The fact that the gene was fast gave it the name Sonic the Hedgehog because Sonic the Hedgehog was fast. And also, the comic book series that Sonic got his name from was the Sonic the Hedgehog comic book that the developer of Sonic came up with with his wife to pitch the idea of the game... To Sega. So it's not from a comic book, it's from a storyboard. It's not from a... Yes! <laughs> the name Sonic the Hedgehog came from the fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. Right, from the creator of Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. What the fuck? So, what is this fact? Like, what are they trying to say I here? <laughs> I don't know. I saw the first fact, and I was like, that's super fucking neat. I'll talk about that game. And I scrolled down and saw that one and went, I need to verify the first fact I saw, because otherwise this was all a waste. Because <laughs> that fact is not a, a, fact. a fact. It's a lie. <laughs> Okay, well, Batman Arkham Asylum, henceforth just Arkham Asylum, is a third-person action-adventure game developed by Rocksteady Studios and published by Eidos Interactive with Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. We're crediting a lot of people here. Yeah. So I I looked into these because I was like, Eidos Interactive, it's been a while since I've heard of them, but like... They were their own little publisher. Let me let me look through, and they're just Squeenix now. Damn, another one swallowed <laughs> yeah, by the just, Square Enix monster. Yeah, it's it's Squeenix Europe, and uh, then I was like, well, has Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment done anything notable? And then I looked at it, and apparently they bought Rocksteady. So, wait, doesn't <sighs> Idos make the uh, new Tomb Raider games? No, no, uh, Square Enix Europe does. <laughs> right, but I think the name Idos is still in doesn't there. exist. I, I think that the name is still in the credits. I feel like I've seen it. I think it... The, the official name for it is Square Enix Europe. Like, but I'm saying it might be like a studio inside of it is named Idos still. Mm. There's Idos Montreal. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. In Arkham Asylum, you play as the superhero Batman, putting down an insurrection instigated by the Joker inside the titular Madhouse as he attempts to create an army of super-powered villains. Have you ever played Batman Arkham Asylum? I haven't. I've never played a single one of the uh, third-person Batman games. 
I'm not big on superhero games in general. And Me either. I find <laughs> Batman to be the least interesting superhero to want to play as. Like, if I was playing a Me superhero too. game... You know what? Batman would have a really good... Batman would have a really great adventure game. Yeah, you're right. Like, in the it style would. of King's Quest or something. Like... Bring back the, you know, the world's greatest detective part instead of him just beating yeah. up low-level thugs. Like, that's the that's the Batman I want to see. Well, he doesn't really beat up thugs in this game, as you'll find out from the next fact. <laughs> the cast of characters in Arkham Asylum is rather long and star-studded, featuring Kevin Conroy, Arlene Sorkin, and Mark Hamill as the voices of Batman, Harley Quinn, and the Joker, respectively, reprising their roles from Batman the Animated Series. As well, the game features Bane, Killer Croc, Victor Saz, Poison Ivy, the Scarecrow, Clayface, and Commissioner Gordon. That's most of the actual villains. <laughs> Who's Victor Zaz? <laughs> Uh, he was a, um, he's a serial killer. He's a serial killer? Yeah. He's, he's a pretty bad serial killer. Because I'm like, there's no penguin here. No, the penguin was in the next game, I think. Oh, okay. Or maybe it was the prequel game. That's something I forgot to actually write into a fact, was uh, this game had a sequel and a prequel, and the prequel was not made by Rocksteady Studios, which <laughs> is weird. Like, Clayface is such a weird pull to not also have the penguin. Spoilers, Clayface is the chief enemy of the second game, except for not. <laughs> Developed... It's actually Ra's al Ghul. Of course it is. But listen, yeah. Batman's, Batman's villain always ends up being one of two characters, and it's the Joker yeah. or Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Everyone else ends up just being a pawn in their games. <laughs> yep. Developed by Rocksteady Studios, the team was very small, with just 40 to 60 employees in the whole studio, which technically made it one of the rarely heard of AA studios. The initial version was actually a 2D rhythmic action game, until they iterated on the best parts of that and ended up with the bestseller we have now. So one one thing is um, Arkham Asylum was made right at the tail end of when Double A Studios like really had their hey- heyday. Like this is yeah. this is an early PS3 game, so we're coming off the PS2 era, and the PS2 was the golden age for fucking Double mm-hmm. A shit. So this is yeah. this is in that transitional period where like you could still have just a double A game. Yeah. But, like if if the game uh, was there, made today are... it'd be a bloated fucking mess. <laughs> there are still double A studios out there. Um in fact, uh pretty near you there's a double A studio that makes um the Darksider games, like the the non mainline Darksider games, that are still pretty big deals. Are um, they? I never hear about them. 
Well, I mean, do you hear about Darksider that much? I mean, when the third one came out. <laughs> yeah. We are thinking of the same exactly. games, right? That's the one where it's like the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, like, like I remember the third one came out, and I remember there was like a, a tactics game? Uh, something like that? I don't remember a tactics game, <sighs> but... It was weird. It was like a top-down fucking like warcraft-esque game okay yeah i i've never played a darksiders game so oh no (laughs) no i've played a bit of the first one (laughs) it's pretty good despite being a tiny studio they were passionate about getting it just right for example one person's job for two whole years was just working on batman's cape Ending up with over 700 unique animations and sound effects for. You're doing too much. (laughs) Get that guy doing something else. That's unnecessary. You have have 50 people to work with and you got one dude working on a cape for two years? Yep. Do something else. Nope. (laughs) There is also going to be an extended Uh, Scarecrow gas part with fourth wall-breaking sanity effects, but the developers didn't want to be too off-putting to their consumers, as well as Nintendo having patented sanity effects with Eternal Darkness. Um, I mean, that's a good thing they didn't do that, because Scarecrow isn't scary. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he is one of the better parts of the game. Is he? Um, yeah. Because he gets you with the gas, and then you have to fight. Yeah. I'm thinking of Batman Begins, and, like... Yeah, yeah, he's shitting that. Yeah, he he sucks. Like, the actor did fine. I don't... I think it's just Scarecrow as a character doesn't translate well to screen. And I've honestly never read a Batman comic with Scarecrow in it, so I couldn't tell you if he's any good in the comics, either. <laughs> yeah. Rocksteady wouldn't have gotten yeah. the Batman license if it hadn't been for the death of another studio. Pandemic Studios, who had worked on Destroy All Humans and Star Wars Battlefront, were in charge of making the Dark Knight tie in game. But they couldn't finish it on time, and the publishers canceled the game, leading to the developer going under. Yep. That's, a that's what happens. Yep. And That's why they have to release games right on time. Otherwise, they cease to exist. Yeah. Because then you're in the hole for all that money and... Mm-hmm. Bummer. The inspiration for Arkham Asylum comes from the Arkham Sanatorium in Arkham, Massachusetts, a fictional place from H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos. We bring this up just to remind people that while he was a great but twisted author, he was also a big fat pile of shit as a human being, and we're glad he's gone. And that was just the facts. Like, like just a just an awful fucking person. Oh, horrible, horrible person. Uh, another person that I I didn't I didn't really know much about him, 
and then I looked him up, uh, and then went to his museum, uh, one of his museums, um, was Edgar Allan Poe, because Edgar Allan Poe writes incredible poetry. Oh, uh, he's my favorite, stories. my favorite short story author. Yeah, like, really, really good, but also... Like, he married his uh, underage cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he married his underage cousin and also was interested in her dying because he thought she'd be prettier when she was dying. But then um, he was also wrecked after she died, and, and then he started, yeah. like, stalking other women. <laughs> yeah. No, like, went went through the museum, and, uh, man, it was having trouble keeping up with the women he was interested in. <laughs> like, because there were quite a few. I say he's my favorite short story author, because I hate his poetry. Like, if it's not... Yeah. If it's not The Raven, or, uh, the, the, the Lenore, whatever that one is. Yeah. Like, yeah. those are the two poems I can read. And then all the others are just, like, shitty fucking wanna-fuck-you-babe <laughs> love poems. Yep. It's like, awful. Uh, but yeah. his short yeah. stories are at great. At age 26, at age 26, he married his 13-year-old cousin. Uh-huh. Then they were married for 11 years until she died. Yep. And, uh... Now, in fairness, she did also seem to love him, but it was also weird. It was weird even for the time. You don't know what you you don't know what love is. I know, I know, but this is like from from accounts other than just his and hers. She did seem to care about him. So you don't know (laughs) what love is at that point. I know. I'm just trying to like, be as what, fair what as possible. It? You're not an adult until you're 26, so like, like you're not fully developed as a human. Uh, <sighs> which actually means yeah, you know, she died before she was even <laughs> fully yeah. developed. Yeah, no, correct. Yeah. All right. Bummer. Well. We do not have a topic this week because Wombat hasn't done his due diligence and come up with one. Nope. I didn't have... Shame. Shame. The only thing that it could have been was talking about the lack of a quest log in Elden Ring and and discussing the use of a quest log and I just didn't have the energy to go even further into it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, maybe next time. Yeah. We've gone long enough for this episode. It's okay to not have a topic this week. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I feel like the, the topic sometimes is contrived just so that we have something we can say. Oh, yeah. And, uh... It's better sometimes to just not have one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh... You looking forward to anything next week? Uh, this week? Watching more Lost. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to not playing Destiny much. Like There there are more things I can do with my life. I'm going to go to the gym 
all three times I'm supposed to this week, instead of skipping out on two of them. I didn't even mention this earlier, but uh, my, my favorite character in Lost is Charlie. And I decided that he was my favorite character uh, the, the night before I woke up and watched the episode The Moth, which goes into Charlie's flashbacks. And when I yeah. saw his flashbacks, I realized he was just Noel Gallagher. <laughs> like, he has a brother named Liam, who was the singer of his band, but Charlie was the songwriter for all of their songs. And, and like, they had yeah. two really fantastic albums that everybody loves, and then they fell off as a band, and, and the brothers don't get okay. along, and it's like, y- y- y'all are just Oasis. <laughs> You're just Oasis. <laughs> I was like, really? We're just doing a whole ass Oasis reference with Charlie here? Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, uh, thanks for watching this, listening to this. I need to get away from that. Gosh, I hate Twitch. And uh, share this with someone who you think is a good detective. That isn't Batman. That's or an actual cop. That isn't Batman. Although, if you know Batman, please share this with him. Tell me your favorite Poirot story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> please do. T- tweet at us or email at us what your favorite Poirot story is. And if you do, legitimately, we'll read it and we'll do an episode on it. <laughs> I am serious. Okay, why not? Okay, why not? <laughs> well, like, right. Poirot books are like seven bucks at Barnes & Noble. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bye! Uh, bye!